Hello, listeners. A little note. Um, there is a Blair Witch Project movie. I think it's from 1998. Uh, spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, I suggest you don't listen to Saturday, September 27th. Um, if you don't want to know what kind of happens. And also there is some sexual assault content that while it seemed funny at the time, it is absolutely horrible now. And it is mentioned as a joke in the book. I just want to remind everybody this book is 20 years old. And while that is absolutely horrible now, and it was horrible then, I did not write the book. I'm just reading it for everybody. Tuesday, September 23rd. Sometimes it seems like all I ever do is lie. My mom thinks I'm repressing my feelings about this. I say to her, no, mom, I'm not. I think it's really neat. As long as you're happy, I'm happy. Mom says, I don't think you're being honest with me. Then she hands me this book. She tells me she wants me to write down my feelings in this book since, she says, I obviously don't feel I can talk about them with her. She wants me to write down my feelings? Okay, I'll write down my feelings. I can't believe she's doing this to me. Like everybody doesn't already think I'm a freak. I'm practically the biggest freak in the entire school. I mean, let's face it. I'm five foot nine, flat chested, and a freshman. How much more of a freak could I be? If people at school find out about this, I'm dead. That's it. Dead. Oh God, if you really do exist, please don't let them find out about this. There are four million people in Manhattan, right? That makes about two million of them guys. So out of two million guys, she has to go out with Mr. Janini. She can't go out with some guy I don't know. She can't go out with some guy that she met at D'Agostino's or whatever. Oh, no. She has to go out with my algebra teacher. Thanks, Mom. Thanks a whole lot. Wednesday, September 24th, fifth period. Lily's like, Mr. Janini's cool. Yeah, right. He's cool if you're Lily Moskowitz. He's cool if you're good at algebra, like Lily Moskowitz. He's not so cool if you're flunking algebra, like me. He's not cool if he makes you stay after school every single solitary day from 2.30 to 3.30 to practice the foil method when you could be hanging out with all your friends. He's not so cool if he calls your mother in for a parent-teacher conference to talk about how you're flunking algebra, then asks her out. And he's not so cool if he's sticking his tongue in your mom's mouth. Not that I've actually seen them do this. They haven't even been on their first day yet, and I don't think my mom would let a guy put his tongue in her mouth on her first date. At least I hope not. I saw Josh Richter stick his tongue in Lana's Weinberg's mouth last week. I had this totally close-up view since they were leaning up against Josh's locker, which is right next to mine. It kind of grossed me out. Though I can't say I'd mind if Josh Richter kissed me like that. The other day, Lily and I were at Bigelow's picking up some Halpa Hydroxy for Lily's mom. 
and I noticed Josh waiting at the counter checkup. He saw me and he actually sort of smiled and said, Hey. He was buying Dracar Noir, a men's cologne. I got a free sample of it from the sales girl. Now I can smell Josh whenever I want to in the privacy of my own home. Lily says Josh's synapses were probably misfiring that day due to heat stroke or something. She said he probably thought I looked familiar but couldn't place my face without the cement block walls of Albert Einstein high behind me. Why else, she asked, would the most popular senior in high school say hey to me, Mia Thermopolis, a lowly freshman? But I know it wasn't heat stroke. The truth is, when he's away from Lana and all his jock friends, Josh is a totally different person. The kind of person who doesn't care if a girl is flat chester or wears a size 10 shoes. The kind of person who can see beyond all of that into the depths of a girl's soul. I know because when I look into his eyes that day at Bigelow's, I saw the deeply sensitive person inside him struggling to get out. Lily says I have an overactive imagination and a pathological need to invent drama in my life. She says the fact that I'm so upset about my mom and Mr. G is a classic example. If you're that upset about it, just tell your mom, Lily says. Tell her you don't want her going out with him. I don't understand you, Mia. You're always going around lying about how you feel. Why don't you just assert yourself for a change? Your feelings have worth, you know. Oh, right, like, I'm going to bum my mom out like that. She's so totally happy about this date, it's enough to make me want to throw up. She goes around cooking all the time. I'm not even kidding. She made pasta for the first time last night in, like, months. I already opened the Susie's Chinese takeout menu and she says, Oh, no cold sesame noodles tonight, honey. I made pasta. Pasta. My mom made pasta. She even observed my rights as a vegetarian and didn't put any meatballs in the sauce. I don't understand any of this. Things to do. Number one, buy cat litter. Number two, finish foil worksheet for Mr. G. Number three, stop telling Lily everything. Number four, go to Pearl Paint, get soft lead pencils, spray mount, canvas stretchers. For mom. Number five, World Civ Report on Iceland. Five pages, double space. Number six, stop thinking so much about Josh Richter. Number seven, drop off laundry. Number eight, October rent. Make sure mom has deposited dad's check. Number nine, be more assertive. Number 10, measure chest. Thursday, September 25th. In algebra today, all I could think about was how Mr. Giannini might put his tongue in my mom's mouth tomorrow night during their date. I just sat there staring at him. He asked me a really easy question, I swear. He saves all the easy ones for me, like he doesn't want me to feel left out or something. And I totally didn't even hear it. I was like, what? Then Lana Weinberger made that sound that she always makes and leaned over so that all her blonde hair swished onto my desk. I got hit by this giant wave of perfume and then Lana hissed in this really mean voice, Perique. Only she said it like it had more than one syllable, like it was spelled Perique. 
How come nice people like Princess Diana get killed in car wrecks, but mean people like Lana never do? I don't understand what Josh Richter sees in her. I mean, yeah, she's pretty. But she's so mean. Doesn't he notice? Maybe Lana's nice to Josh, though. I'd sure be nice to Josh. He is the best-looking boy in Albert Einstein High School. A lot of the boys look totally geeky in our school's uniform, which, for boys, is gray pants, white shirt, and a black sweater, long sleeve or vest. Not Josh, though. He looks like a model in his uniform. I am not kidding. Anyway, today I noticed that Mr. Giannini's nostrils stick out a lot. Why would you want to go out with a guy whose nostrils stick out so much? I asked Lily this at lunch, and she said, I've never noticed his nostrils before. Are you going to eat that dumpling? Lily says I need to stop obsessing. She says, I'm taking my anxiety over the fact that this is only our first month in high school, and I already have an F in something, and transferring it to anxiety about Mr. Giannini and my mom. She says this is called displacement. It sort of sucks when your best friend's parents are psychoanalysts. Today, after school, the Dr. Moskowitz were totally trying to analyze me. I mean, Lily and I were just sitting there playing Boggle. And every five minutes, he was like, Girls, do you want some Snapple? Girls, there's a very interesting squid documentary on the Discovery Channel. And by the way, Mia, how do you feel about your mother starting to date your algebra teacher? I said, I feel fine about it. Why can't I be more assertive? But what if Lily's parents run into my mom at Jefferson Market or something? If I told them the truth, they'd definitely tell her. I don't want my mom to know how weird I feel about this. Not when she's so happy about it. The worst part was that Lily's older brother, Michael, overheard the whole thing. He immediately started laughing his head off, even though I don't see anything funny about it. He went, your mom is dating Frank Giannini? Ha 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 So great. Now Lily's brother, Michael, knows. So then I had to start begging him not to tell anybody. He's in fifth period gifted and talented class with me and Lily, which is the biggest joke of a class because Mrs. Hill, who's in charge of the G&T program at Albert Einstein, doesn't care what we do as long as we don't make too much noise. She hates it when she has to come out of the teacher's lounge, which is right across the hall from G&T room, to yell at us. Anyway, Michael is supposed to use the fifth period to work on his online website, Crackhead. I'm supposed to use it for catching up on my algebra homework. But anyway, Miss Hills never checks to see what we're doing in G&T, which is probably good since mostly what we're all doing is figuring out ways to lock out the new Russian kid who's supposedly this musical genius in the supply closet, so we don't have to listen to any more Stravinsky on his stupid violin. But don't think that just because Michael and I are united against Boris Polkowski and his violin, he'd keep quiet about my mom and Mr. G. What Michael kept saying was, What'll you do for me, huh, Thermopolis? What'll, what'll you do for me? There's nothing I can do for Michael Moskowitz. I can't offer to do his homework or anything. Michael is a senior, just like Josh Richter. Michael has gotten all straight A's his entire life, just like Josh Richter. 
Michael will probably go to jail or Harvard next year, just like Josh Richter. What could I do for someone like that? Not that Michael's perfect or anything. Unlike Josh Richter, Michael is not on the crew team. Michael isn't even on the debate team. Michael does not believe in organized sports or organized religions or organized anything for that matter. Instead, Michael spends almost all of his time in his room. I once asked Lily, what does he do in there? And she says she and her parents employ a don't ask, don't tell policy with Michael. I bet he's in there making a bomb. Maybe he'll blow up Albert Einstein High School as a senior prank. Occasionally, Michael comes out of his room and makes sarcastic comments. Sometimes when he does, this he's not even wearing a shirt. Even though he does not believe in organized sports, I have noticed that Michael has a really nice chest. His stomach muscles are extremely well defined. I have never mentioned this to Lily. Anyway, I guess Michael got tired of my offering to do stuff like walk his Sheltie, Pavlov, and take his mom's empty tap cans back to the Christus for the deposit money, which is his weekly shore. Because in the end, Michael just said in this disgusted voice, Forget it, though. Okay, Thermopolis, and went back into his room. I asked Lily why he was so mad, and she said because he'd been sexually harassing me, but I didn't notice. How embarrassing. Supposing Josh Richter starts sexually harassing me someday, I wish. And I don't notice? God, I'm so stupid sometimes. Anyway, Lily said not to worry about Michael telling his friends at school about my mom and Mr. G., since Michael has no friends. Then, Lily wanted to know why I cared about Mr. Giannini's nostrils sticking out so much, since I'm not the one who has to look at them. My mom is. And I said, Excuse me, I have to look at them from 9.55 to 10.55 and from 2.30 to 3.30 every single day, except Saturdays and Sundays and national holidays and the summer. If I don't flunk, that is, and have to go to summer school. And if they get married, then I'll have to look at them every single day, seven days a week, majors holiday included. Define set. Collection of objects, element or members belong to a set. A equals Gilligan, Skipper, Marianne. Rule specifies each element. A equals, parenthesis, X divided by X is one of the castaways on Gilligan's Island. Friday, September 26. Lily Moskowitz's list of hottest guys, compiled during World Civ, with commentary by Mia Thermopolis. Number one, Josh Richter. Parenthesis. Agree. Six feet of unadulterated hotness. Blonde hair often falling into his clear blue eyes and that sweet, sleepy smile. Only drawback, he has the bad taste to de date Lana Weinberger. Number two, Boris Pilkowski. Strongly disagree. Just because he played his stupid violin at Carnegie Hall when he was 12 does not make him hot. Plus, he tucks his school sweater into his pants instead of wearing it out like a normal person. Number three, Pierce Brosnan. Best James Bond ever. Disagree. I like Timothy Dalton better. Number four. 
Daniel Day-Lewis in Last of the Mohicans. Agree. Stay alive, no matter what occurs. Number five, Prince William of England. Duh. Number six, Leonardo in Titanic. As if that is so 1998. Number seven, Mr. Wheaton, the crew coach. Hot but taken. Seen opening the door to the teacher's lounge for Mademoiselle Klein. Number eight, that guy in that jeans ad on the giant billboard in Times Square. Totally agree. Who is that guy? They should give him his own TV series. Number nine, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman's boyfriend. Whatever happened to him, he was hot. Number 10, Joshua Bell, the violinist. Totally agree. It would be so cool to date a musician, just not Boris Pilkowski. Later on, Friday. I was measuring my chest and totally not thinking about the fact that my mom was out with my algebra teacher when my dad called. I don't know why, but I lied and told them my mom was at the studio. Which is so weird because obviously dad knows mom dates, but for some reason I just couldn't tell him about Mr. Giannini. This afternoon, during my mandatory review session with Mr. Giannini, I was sitting there practicing the foil method. First, outside, inside, last. First, outside, inside, last. Oh my God, when am I ever going to have to actually use the foil method in real life? When? And all of a sudden, Mr. Janini said, Mia, I hope you don't feel, well, uncomfortable about my seeing your mother socially. Only for some reason, for a second, I thought he said sexually, not socially. And then I could feel my face getting totally hot. I mean, like, burning. And I said, oh, no, Mr. Giannini, it doesn't bother me at all. And Mr. Giannini said, because if it bothers you, we can talk about it. I guess he must have figured out I was lying since my face was so red. But all I said was, really, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it bothers me a little, but really, I'm fine with it. I mean... It's just a date, right? Why get upset about one measly date? That was when Mr. Giannini said, Well, Mia, I don't know if it's going to be one measly date. I really like your mother. And then, I don't know how, but all of a sudden I heard myself saying, Well, you better, because if you do anything to make her cry, I'll kick your butt. Oh my God! I can't even believe I said the word but to a teacher. My face got even redder after that, which I wouldn't have thought possible. Why is it that the only time I can tell the truth is when it's guaranteed to get me into trouble? But I guess I am feeling sort of weird about the whole thing. Maybe Lily's parents were right. Mr. Giannini, though, was totally cool. He smiled in this funny way and said, I have no intention of making your mother cry. But if I ever do, you have my permission to kick my butt. So that was sort of okay. Sort of. Anyway, that sounded really weird on the phone. But then again, he always does. Transatlantic phone calls suck because I can hear the ocean swishing around in the background and it makes me all nervous, like the fish are listening or something. 
Plus, Dad didn't even want to talk to me. He wanted to talk to Mom. I suppose somebody died, and he wants Mom to break it to me gently. Maybe it was Grandmare. Hmm. My breasts have grown exactly none since last summer. Mom was totally wrong. I did not have a growth spurt when I turned 14 like she did. I will probably never have a growth spurt, at least not on my chest. I only have growth spurts up, not out. I am now the tallest girl in my class. Now, if anybody asks me to the cultural diversity dance next month, you're right. I won't be able to wear a strapless dress because there isn't anything on my chest to hold it. Saturday, September 27th. I was asleep when mom got home from her date last night. I stayed up as late as I could because I wanted to know what happened, but I guess all that measuring wore me out. So I didn't get to ask her how it went until this morning when I went out into the kitchen to feed fat Louie. Mom was up already, which was weird because usually she sleeps later than me and I'm a teenager. I'm supposed to be the one sleeping all the time. But mom's been depressed ever since her last boyfriend turned out to be a Republican. Anyway, she was in there humming in a happy way and making pancakes. I nearly died of shock to see her actually cooking something so early in the morning, let alone something vegetarian. Of course she had a fabulous time. They went to dinner at Monty's, not too shabby, Mr. G, and then walked around the West Village and went to some bar and sat outside in the back garden until nearly two in the morning, just talking. I kind of try to find out if there been any kissing, particularly of the tongue-in-mouth variety, but my mom just smiled and looked all embarrassed. Okay, gross. They're going out again this week. I guess I don't mind if it makes her happy. Today, Lily is shooting a spoof of the movie The Blair Witch Project for her TV show. Lily tells it like it is. The Blair Witch Project is about some kids who go out into the woods to find a witch and end up disappearing. All that's found of them is this film footage and some piles of stick. Only instead of the Blair Witch Project, Lily's version is called the Grand Witch Project. Lily intends to take a handheld camera down to Washington Square Park and film the tourists who come up to us and ask if we know how to get to Greenwich Village. It's actually Greenwich Village? You're not supposed to pronounce the W in Greenwich, but people from out of town always say it wrong. Anyway, as tourists come up and ask us which way to the Greenwich Village, we are supposed to start screaming and running away in terror. All that will be left of us, by the end, Lily says, is a little pile of metro cards. Lily says after the show is aired, no one will ever think of metro cards the same way. I said it was too bad we don't have a real witch. I thought we could get Lana Weinberger to play her, but Lily said that would be typecasting. Plus, then we'd have to put up with Lana all day, and nobody would want that. Like, she'd even show up, considering how she thinks we're the most unpopular girls in the whole school. She probably wouldn't want to tarnish her reputation by being seen with us. Then again, she's so vain she'd probably jump at the chance to be on TV, even if it is only public access channel. After filming was over for the day, we all sat the blind 
We all saw the blind guy crossing Bleecker. He had a new victim, this totally innocent German tourist who had no idea that the nice blind man she was helping to cross the street was going to fill her up as soon as they got to the other side, then pretended he hadn't done it on purpose. Just my luck, the only guy who's ever felt me up, not that there's anything to feel, was blind. Lily says she's going to report the blind guy to the sixth precinct. Like they would care. They've got more important things to worry about, like catching a murder. Things to do. Number one, get cat litter. Number two, make sure mom sent out a rent check. Number three, stop lying. Number four, proposal for English paper. Number five, pick up laundry. Number six, stop thinking about Josh Richter. Sunday, September 28th. My dad called again today, and this time mom really was at her studio. So I didn't feel so bad about lying about last night and not telling him about Mr. Giannini. He sounded all weird on the phone again. So finally I was like, Dad, is Grandmayor dead? And he got all startled and said, No, Mia, why would you think that? And I told them it was because he sounded so weird. And he was all, I don't sound weird, which was a lie because he did sound weird. But I decided to let it drop. And I talked to him about Iceland because we're studying Iceland in WorldSiv. Iceland has the world's highest literacy rate because there's nothing to do there but read. They also have these natural hot springs and everybody goes swimming in them. Once, the opera came to Iceland and every show was sold out and something like 98% of the population attended. Everybody knew all the words to the opera and went around singing it all day. I would like to live in Iceland someday. It sounds like a fun place. Much more fun than Manhattan, where people sometimes spit at you for not, no reason. But that didn't seem at all impressed by in Iceland. I suppose by comparison, Iceland does make every other country look sucky. The country that lives in It's pretty small, though. I would think if the Oprah went there, about 80% of the population would attend, which would certainly be something to be proud of. I only shared this information with him because he's a politician, and I thought it might give him some ideas about how to make things better in Genovia, where he lives. But I guess Genovia doesn't need to be better. Genovia's number one import is tourists. I know this because I had to do a fact sheet on every country in Europe in the seventh grade. And Genovia was right up there with Disneyland as far as income from the tourist trade is concerned. That's probably why people in Genovia don't have to pay taxes. The government already has enough money. This is called a principality. There is only other one in, and it's Monaco. My dad says we have a lot of cousins in Monaco, but so far I haven't met any of them. Not even grandmares. I suggested to Dad that next summer, instead of spending it with him and grandmare at her French chateau in Miragnac, we go to Iceland. We'd have to leave my grandmother at the chateau, of course. She'd hate Iceland. She hates any place where you can't order up a decent sidecar, which is her favorite drink, 24 hours a day. All Dad said was, we'll talk about that some other time, and hung up. Mom is so right about him. Absolute value. The distance that given number is from zero on a number line. Always positive.